0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 412. Last week, we talked all about my first cruise on Adventure of the Seas, how it went. This week, we're still talking about Adventure of the Seas, but I wanted to bring on somebody else to share their experiences with going on a cruise finally. So I've got Sherry from Cruisives TV talking all about how we enjoyed our cruise on Adventure of the Seas, one of the very first Royal Caribbean cruises to restart. Here we go. It's great to be talking cruises again. It's even better to be talking cruises again with my cruising BFF. That is Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Sherry, welcome back to the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast.
1: Thank you, Matt. It's good to be here, although I have to say it's not good to be back to reality. When can we get back on that ship?
0: Right. Isn't it great that we have that problem again? We were, uh, of course, Sherry and I were on the Royal Carmen's Adventure of the Seas, and we have become so jaded already that <laughs> we're already saying, Oh, get back to real life. Get me back on a cruise ship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It hit a little bit harder this time. I think we, you know, we'd gotten so used to just normal life and the routine of being home. But now I think we got a little taste of it and it's going to be, it's going to be tough.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Sherry and I were on the second sailing of Adventure of the Seas. And uh, for those keeping score at home, this was my first time uh, meeting Sherry. In real life, I totally fanboyed out. I was walking by guest relations. I saw her, her golden locks flowing as the some fan somewhere was blowing it, and I was like, "There she is!" And it was like a scene out of um, what's that movie where they run to each other in the uh, on the beach?
1: <laughs> Are you talking about the one with like Vera? F- oh, Bo Derek, isn't it? Jen? Yeah, Bo Derek. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> it was kind of like that in the sense that That's I nice asked. Stuff. I saw Mr. Cruise Tips TV, and I was like, is that Sherry? And he's like, yes, it is. And who are you? <laughs> so uh, you
1: exactly who you were. You're a celebrity in our mind, too, Matt. Uh,
0: well, it was it was so nice being able to finally meet each other and then obviously go on a cruise together. And this week, I wanted to talk about our adventure of the seas cruise. Now, uh, obviously, our listeners know that I did review this cruise uh, in last week's episode, but a couple things. Number one, you didn't hear what Sherry did in her experiences. Number two... I actually recorded the episode before we heard about there were actually two cases of COVID-19 on board our ship. And I wanted to let's start off there because that's obviously the big topic. But, you know, the 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 story is it's not a story, really. I mean, obviously, there were two cases on board the ship. They were two teenagers who, uh, after doing the mandatory uh, testing towards the end of the sailing, came back with positive cases. Their parents, who were vaccinated, were, were not uh, positive. But Royal Caribbean's Protocol is kicked in immediately. They did some facial recognition, uh, contact tracing, and the uh, they obviously the, the 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 family was was quarantined. They were uh, provided medical care, and they were then escorted off the ship and uh, flown home. By the way, in private transportation, back home. Meanwhile, Sherry, the cruise continued unabated.
1: It really did continue unabated. And it's very interesting how everything went down. In fact, I didn't even hear about it from the captain. I must have been off doing something else or, Mm -hmm. you know, at a bar somewhere grabbing a cocktail because I didn't even hear about it until I was doing a live stream up on the helipad. And somebody in the live stream who wasn't on the ship actually made me aware of the situation. That's how low key this whole thing was on the ship, and you really barely heard any buzz about it at all. It was just taken care of, handled. Anyone who had close contact was notified, retested, they were all in the clear. And then, really, everybody just went on with their normal cruise.
0: Yeah, I that, that's really the most important takeaway that you can have. I mean, I'll admit when I first heard about it, you know, like you, you had that. I'm not sure what the feeling is, but I had that feeling like, oh gosh, what does this mean? But the reality was, it really didn't mean a whole lot because. Again, the protocols kicked in. I think the worst case, what we were all fearing and this has been leading up to uh, the many months here is that if there was one case on board, we would all be locked in our cabins, we the ship the cruise would end and we would all go home, maybe get stuck uh, on the cruise ship and and you know for for days, weeks, who knows. But none of that happened. It actually the best way I can describe it was it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't a big deal in the sense that The protocols kicked in and the cruise was able to continue. And like a lot of people, I think, Sherry, they weren't completely unaware until, you know, it started hitting some of the news wires.
1: Absolutely. And I think that, I think the word, when you were searching for a word to sort of describe how it felt, it did impact people. You know, I certainly felt... I would say rattled by it a little bit. And, you know, there were small groups of us who had kind of become friends on the ship and we were talking about it. And it, it just was sort of like an unknown, like you mentioned. And we knew that on Celebrity Millennium, the previous week they had had uh, a similar situation happened. And then there were a group of people who were thought to have close contact and those people were quarantined for a short time. So I think we were all wondering, well, you know, what's going to happen? But it, it was really just such a relief as well to know that the family was taken care of so quickly and that they were all okay think that was the the overwhelming feeling on the ship was, okay, food, everybody's all right. Mm. You know, one person has mild symptoms, but otherwise it's business as usual. And, um, you know, it's cruising in the age of COVID because we're still... COVID's not going anywhere, right? We're still in this phase where things are going to happen, things can happen, but it's just so encouraging to know that what's been happening globally with the, you know, the return of cruising is true. It's it's that the cruise lines really do have the ability to contain this, to control it. And honestly, I felt safer than I've ever felt on a cruise this past week.
0: I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I it's I think the 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 motif you're trying to get the theme really is you know we're we're learning to you know cruise with COVID if you will and that it it can exist it will occur on cruise ships but it's also not the end of the world that it is and uh, I agree about the safety thing I'm gonna share one quick note after the cruise I stayed an extra day in the Bahamas and after two weeks on Adventure of the Seas with testing and protocols and whatnot and I walked right into that hotel in the Bahamas there was no testing I just walked right in and i you know there were some people wearing masks and people not wearing masks and it kind of dawned on me like oh wow i was way more comfortable on the cruise ship than i than i am in this hotel right now and i think that's exactly what you just why you just described that sherry that it, it's for those reasons so um you know it, it's it, it's uh, an exercise in obviously um you know what can happen but i guess the the takeaway here is that you know these cruises can still occur uh and and that having some cases is not again Going to be uh, necessarily mean that your cruise is coming to an end. So something to keep in mind um, going forward, and also to understand that you know it doesn't have to be you know national headlines either. When there are cases, uh, the difference is we're actually Royal Caribbean and the cruise lines are actually testing and and doing these things, whereas on land nobody's doing these things. And it's just you know we we've probably unwittingly been known uh, been exposed in these kind of similar situations, but here the cruise lines are held to a different standard and they actually report it. So. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic.
1: It really is. In fact, speaking of testing, we were doing the math and, um, my son had four COVID tests from the week before the cruise through the end of the cruise. There were that many Hmm. safeguards in place to make sure that, you know, that this thing did not get onto the ship (laughs) in an uncontrolled way. So they're doing everything that they can to keep guests safe and happy and to make sure that, that we can keep on cruising.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, Uh, talking obviously about adventure of the Seas. So Sherry, let me ask you, what were your, now that you've uh, gotten back home, um, you know, after your week on adventure, what are your kind of looking back on it? Was it, was it what you thought it was going to be or, or slightly different? I mean, what are your thoughts now as you kind of reflect on adventure of the seas? What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways from being on a cruise finally after all these months?
1: The biggest takeaway for me was how normal it was. Mm. It felt So, and I know you kind of talked about this in your review too, it just felt so much more normal than I expected. I think I expected it to feel stifling. I expected there to be protocols. I expected there to be people kind of, you know, making sure that we all stayed six feet away from each other. And it was none of those things. It was like cruising as it was before, only better. And the other thing too, is there seemed to be this interesting, there was a bond with everyone on the ship, you know, obviously when you're sailing, it. Gosh, what were we at, Matt? Maybe 25 to 35 percent capacity yep. on this ship, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Uh, you know, you you see the same people uh, repeatedly, and there was just this mellow, thankful vibe that I could never have dreamed of, and um, it was just wonderful to feel like. The good old days. It really felt like the good old days. It felt like cruising as it used to be. Of course, there were some hassles, you know, all the paperwork that we had to do in advance for the Bahamas health visa and the repeated COVID tests and just some of the extra safeguards. Yeah, that felt different. Flying felt a little bit different. We're wearing masks when we fly. There were certain elements of it, but the cruise itself just felt, felt normal. It was amazing
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just that people are constantly asking you know, how is it different? How's it different? I'm like, well, it's really not. I mean, there's a few things that you might notice, but truly, it's more normal than not. And that's the most important thing. Now, obviously, you know, this is Adventure of the Seas out of Nassau, and we'll see how it goes with other lines and other ships and other ports. But I th- i this was just it was it was so nice being back on board and being able to kind of enjoy pretty much what we enjoyed before. and it really felt. Like it it felt normal in that regard. And that's probably the best thing. And I agree with, with with what you thought about that. Um, We're going to jump around here because I want to hear Sherry's thoughts as much as you all do about different things. And obviously we all know that Sherry deep down really loves real Caribbean the most. We, 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 we keep the secret (laughs) here at real Caribbean black podcast, but uh, there's so many things I want to talk about. First of all, you like any good cruiser out there came in before your cruise and you stayed uh, at a hotel nearby. Uh, What are your, what are you Can you tell us which hotel you stayed at and and kind of your 30-second review? Good thumbs up, thumbs down. Recommend?
1: You got it. Absolutely. We came in two days early. So we flew in on Thursday in preparation for our Saturday cruise, spent two days at the Atlantis, at the Cove Tower at Atlantis. It was absolutely superb. Everything from the food to the water park, to the safety protocols and those powdery beaches. was It was just spectacular. Loved it. And then we stayed one night after as well at the British Colonial Hilton, more just for convenience, not really wanting to you know, head straight home. We got a hotel there for one more night, but boy, the COVID Atlantis was just terrific. And they took safety protocols really, really seriously. People were wearing masks when needed, walking into the various towers and on shared transportation. It was just all around awesome experience.
0: Yeah, I stayed at the Baja Mar after my cruise. Um and, you know, it was it's a beautiful resort. I mean so much to do there. It's giant it was super packed, um, but the hotel itself was great. And for obviously for one night before or after you did two nights, I, I'm jealous. I didn't even realize you got down there before <laughs> I did. Um, You know, it's, it's just a nice way to, to buffer your cruise. And, you know, we were, you know, obviously when Sharon and I booked these cruises, we didn't know what to expect. Like, you know, in terms of embarkation, disembarkation, what times. So it just seemed like the, the safer path going forward, but it was like with disembarkation, uh, towards the end of the uh, episode appropriately enough but you know it was it was nice having that it made it, it made the whole experience i think just a little bit easier and it's something I, i've been kind of hammering back to a lot of folks Because you heard stories about this as well sherry don't fly the same Your cruz
1: No. And like you said, on your most recent podcast, now more than ever, it's just not a good idea because of what the airlines are doing. There's so many airline cancellations. And, you know, like you mentioned, it just adds to the anguish, right? Like that, that stress is just not worth it. And um, honestly, what better way to get into the vacation mood? Going in a day or two early just allows you to simply relax before you get on the ship. And then you can enjoy the cruise more when you've had that sort of relaxation buffer, on that side of it that's my new theory is let's just go in a couple days early, stay a day late and and try to enjoy the time a bit more
0: absolutely couldn't agree more with you on that it's it's, it's a great thing what did you think about uh the embarkation process because yours was a little bit different than mine because i when i back in my day the week before you um we just had to we we, we actually as adults had to only do an antigen test when we arrived at the terminal and my kids had to get uh, as well the the test there, but you guys all had to do uh, PCR tests. So, what was that like for you? And uh, was it as bad as you thought in terms of like getting the logistics there? Give me your thoughts on the on the embarkation process.
1: Yeah. So what happened between your sailing and my sailing is an email went out to us, those of us who were on the second week saying that all guests, even vaccinated, had to have a PCR test before getting on the ship. So we had to scramble because we needed to make sure that we could get that test back in time to get on the ship. So my husband and son and I all got PCR tests beforehand. Thankfully, where we live, our PCR tests, aren't the invasive type. They're not the tickle your brain type. They're the not so painful. So that was pretty simple, pretty easy. We were good. And then our our son because he's unvaccinated. He also had to get an anti or well, was it was a PCR antigen. I don't remember, but I think it was an antigen test at the British Colonial Hilton prior to embarkation. So, yep. extremely well oiled machine. We had our set check-in time between 1.30 and two p.m. We arrived there from our hotel at the British Colonial Hilton. There were staff everywhere telling us exactly what to do they were like okay do you need a test if yes go this way if not go that way they checked all of our paperwork highly recommend like matt has mentioned previously that if you are doing one of these cruises that you physically print all of your paperwork out from the the bahamian health visa the COVID insurance you purchase the pre-travel Um, COVID tests. If you need them, your vaccination cards, everything should be in your hands when you walk up along with your passport. So we had everything at the ready and that just made it so much easier. The way that it worked is the moment we walked in, the first thing that we did is we went to get our son, his antigen test since he is unvaccinated. So we did that. It took seconds. It was non-invasive, comfortable, not a traumatic one for him. And then we were told to go sit in a waiting area, which is probably like what you guys did last week, right? Didn't you go sit and wait? Yep. Absolutely. So we waited. And then while we were waiting, it was actually really cool. It was so organized. They let us basically check in for the cruise while we were waiting for our COVID test. So we approached a desk. It felt a lot like when you're going into a terminal, you know, and they checked all of our documents. We did the little health questionnaire. They made sure that we downloaded the app. They checked our set sail passes. And then we went and sat. It took about 30 minutes for our son's COVID test. To come back. And I gotta tell you, that was a long 30 minutes because <laughs> we yep. kept seeing other people stand up and get on the ship and we're like, uh, we've come this far. Please let everything be okay. But lo and behold, the email came through. He was negative, and then we were whisked out to the front of the hotel and put on a bus. And within minutes, we were at the terminal entrance, which right now is completely under construction, as you mentioned. And you just walk down kind of a long, you know, cement. Um, walkway and then you are right on the ship. there was no waiting to get on the ship. There may have been one other group of passengers within 50 feet of us going. and you didn't even really have time to get your camera out to capture that moment when you jump on. it was just you were on the ship and it was it was just it was the happiest moment to be to be there and to be so quick. I would say the whole process, maybe from the time that we were dropped off to the time that we were on the ship was maybe an hour. It was, great.
0: it was re- much easier than I thought. I mean, listen, this was like the first time that they're doing something here. I was worried that there was going to be, um, you know, a, a lot of hiccups or, or just, you know, first time anybody does anything processes wise, you never know what's going to happen. And in this case, I was really happy that it was that we didn't run into that kind of situation where it wasn't a, uh, you know, a, a, a major, um, I don't know what the word is, but certainly not an appropriate word for this, but um, for this episode, but, but it,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it well, worked I out. I can
1: imagine the word you had in your head.
0: I think we can all figure so. out what that word was. It wasn't that <laughs> it was not that at all. It was really easy. And I I think like a lot of people, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing, leading up to the cruise. Like, are we actually going to go on it? Are they going to cancel it? Like you never know. Right. And lo and behold, it, it, it happened and you were on there and it felt so good to be back on board again. and, can we talk about the crew members for a second? Because holy moly, I mean, I thought we were excited to get on there. They were so enthusiastic, so happy to have guests back on board. Uh, you must have seen the exact same thing I did.
1: I did. And, you know, they all expressed it in their own ways. They all have different personality types. You know, you had those two amazing women who worked at the entrance of the buffet who were like dancing and singing every day when you I love came them. in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, you had that enthusiastic, you had, then you had the more quiet enthusiasm where someone would just kind of, one of the crew members would kind of put their right hand over their heart. When they saw you and you're like, okay, the tears are going to well up in the corner of my eyes, but it's going to be okay. Everyone was so thankful. And there were so many conversations throughout the week where we would just express our gratitude to them. And then they would express their gratitude back. And, you know, you wanted to give them all big hugs, (laughs) just in appreciation, but, um, yeah, it was unlike anything I could have ever expected. And I'm sure we were getting a little bit of extra special attention too because the ship wasn't at full capacity. So that was, that was extra nice because you could kind of take a little more time to talk with them and to um thank them but yeah lots of smiles lots of gratitude just it was it was really special
0: it was incredible yeah I mean the limited capacity was a real treat I talked about that in last week's episode that like I mean if if you love cruising do yourself a favor go on a cruise this summer before the capacity limits start going up and it goes back to normal which is still good but it will absolutely spoil you to have not waiting for elevators and to be able to just, you know, no lines really anywhere. It's incredible. Um and it's um it's so nice being at, back on there. So yeah, um what what a great time and um let's talk about the uh the other experiences on board, which by the way are going to be a lot similar to if Sherry was giving you a cruise review from 2019 for that matter, but uh tell us about the room you booked.
1: We had a really interesting room. We had a balcony cabin. It's actually a spacious balcony cabin 1388 which is on deck 10 aft on the left side of the ship. And it really was enormous. Um, People tease about this room because there's a pole right in the middle of the (laughs) stateroom. And then there's a pole on the balcony. So it's called the pole room. So I was like, Oh, this pole, what, you know, it's going to be such a nuisance, but it wasn't, it was a dreamy corner balcony and we didn't pay much more for it than we did a regular balcony. So I feel like we kind of, I feel like we somehow, You know, got really lucky with this one, but it had this enormous balcony where you could look off the back of the ship. And then if you look to the left, you could see the, the, you know, the aft side of the shift. I'm sorry, the, 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 um, oh, Matt, I've forgotten my terminology starboard and help me out here. Port 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 side. Wow. I'm rusty. So yeah, (laughs) you would look to the port side. And um, just above us was the wind jammer. No noise whatsoever from the wind jammer, probably because that area, I believe it's carpeted up there. So you're not going to get that like deck chair dragging. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Had a fold-out sofa for our son, which was a full-size fold-out sofa and a regular, you know, standard queen or king or whatever kind of bed. No bathtub or anything, but a nice size closet, a vanity area, just a very wide cabin that felt a little bit like a mini suite for lack of a better term, we could not have been happier. And the views from that balcony were just, wow, unbelievable.
0: Well, you mentioned the Windjammer, and obviously there's a change right there. Full service, no dinner. What did you think about the Windjammer?
1: Loved it. I felt spoiled. I loved being served. I didn't find that it was really different at all. You know, the only uh, bummer about this cruise is that the Windjammer was closed for dinner, which Mm. from a capacity standpoint makes sense. I would have enjoyed trying it one night, but they made up for it in the main dining room, so I didn't miss it. Um, I think the only thing I missed a little bit about the Windjammer was maybe being able to make my own salad. You know how when you make a salad, it's more of like a it's a personal experience but other than that i loved it i loved being handed the food i felt that the staff was on it there was never a wait for anything and it just felt it felt organized there was ample seating everything was spotlessly clean you noticed um, with the full service too that there there weren't fries being flung you know flung around by the passengers everything was just neat orderly in its place fresh hot delicious every time we went there we were completely blown away and honestly it just felt normal.
0: Yeah. Well, the best part was the omelet line for the morning. Usually the omelet line is a zoo. It's like you, you're you like, there's like six people ahead of you. Uh, You got to put your order in. It, it, by the time you put, order it to actually get your omelet, it's easily, you know, 15 minutes or so. There was nobody ever ahead of me. I was always, you know, here, here's my order. You know, I walk around. They give me a pager and then boom, my food's ready. So again, no lines. It was so nice having that. I like the fact that they're serving you. I think it's faster because... Guess otherwise, you know, they kind of like, you know, the, the, you know, they are kind of like sitting there at the station, like, do I want this? Do I want that? With when people serving, you, I feel like it just, it was more efficient and it just moved better, but not to mention the, the, you know, health aesthetics of it. That's notwithstanding. But, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing obviously was the lack of dinner because the, I'm not usually a, a dinner in the windjammer guy. Like usually we'll eat either in the main dining or especially, but you know what it was? We were so lucky to have two days of Cocoa Key on this cruise. And after a full day at Cocoa Key, like, uh, I really just wanted to put on a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and just go up and get dinner over there rather than have to go shower and get changed and go to a restaurant. So in that scenario, I do wish the Windjammer was open for dinner because you know how it is, especially, I mean, you've got a kid. Sometimes it's just easier to do that than to move the Army of the Potomac and get them all washed up and ready for dinner again in a short uh, amount of time.
1: That's exactly what it was. It was those perfect day at Cocoa Key days when we felt that way. And we had eight o'clock set dinner. So for us, it was almost like second lunch too. You know, you wanted to go in there for like a (laughs) five o'clock snack, but room service was a perfectly fine option. The Promenade Cafe was a fine option. And, um, you know, it certainly wasn't, it wasn't too big of a deal. And like you said, with the, going back to the buffet for just a moment, with the um the self-serve i think that it's going to be something they can very easily scale when the ship is at more capacity as long as they put more staff members behind the counter to serve i think you're still going to feel like it's more orderly there aren't lines and honestly i will not miss touching the the handles of the food at all i won't miss that
0: yeah no there's no there's no love lost with some of those things it was it was really easy what do you think about speaking of easy what do you think about the uh, new e-mustard drill
1: that was amazing. And I, uh, we, we made a video right after we got off the ship about how it was, or while we were still on the ship, excuse me, about what was different. And I completely forgot to mention the e-muster. Again, you just felt this higher level of service with it. And I feel like I retained the information more. So basically what you did is went to your, when you went to your cabin or wherever you were on the ship for that matter, you simply launched the app, watched a quick life jacket demonstration video. Then you were told to, Um, acknowledge the fact that you'd done that and then report to your muster station. Now, I don't know about you. You're going to have to tell me if this was your experience. But when we got to our muster station, we were the only ones there. And we got like a little private mini orientation from the staff, just reminding us of safety protocols, what to do in an emergency, the fact that they would reunite us with our son based on his wristband. And I, I felt like I... I listened more intently because it was one-on-one and it kind of matched that adult learning model a little bit better, which is an interesting thing. But was it like that for you guys too? Was it dead quiet at your muster station?
0: Yeah, I think we had, we had, so we had to do it twice, obviously. Well, three times, if you know what I'm talking about, but, um,
1: the, oh yes,
0: um, we'll get to that in a second. But the, uh, I think w- the most we ever had was another, uh, another family there with us as well. Um, so we never had. And, and you're right, because it was a little more, number one, I mean, they can kind of tell if you're zoning out or on your phone when you're the only one standing there. But more, more to your point, you're there, you're listening what they're doing. But it's also quick. You know you're going to be easy in, easy out. You're not there for 25 minutes. Um, it really made a difference to have that uh, that in that manner. And my goodness, you talk about the you don't miss touching the buffet tongs. I will never miss having to stand up there on a pool deck. It was also quite warm in the Bahamas. I am so glad we didn't have to stand outside in that heat waiting for the muster drill to complete. So, uh, it, yeah, that's, that it's the, it's one of the best things to come out of this whole thing. And the fact that we don't have to do that anymore. Love that. Yeah. So let's talk about the thing we alluded to. Um, Sherry, you and I got to cross something off our, uh, our list of things you could possibly do on a cruise ship during this sailing.
1: Yes. Which thing are you talking about there, Matt? <laughs>
0: okay, that, that's true. The, the,
1: the midnight surprise.
0: <laughs> the midnight surprise. Yeah. uh Were you, you awake for it? Her.
1: Well, okay. So, funny story. And I'm sure a lot of people know what we're talking about because I think you were doing a live stream in the pub.
0: Yep. Yep. When I it was. happened.
1: Okay. So, we, ha- I don't know, remember what was going on that day, but we are in our room and, um, uh, And we had just gotten into bed, so we weren't actually asleep when the entire fire alarm system started to go off in the ship. And we're not talking about one fire alarm system. We're talking about the seven short and one long blast on repeat for, like, how many minutes would you say it was? Five straight?
0: I I think at least seven minutes. This was enough time for me to get from – I was in the pub, and it was enough time for me to get from the pub, uh, down the rail promenade, outside and to my muster station i was i was mustering i was ready to lower the lifeboat at that point
1: so we were in bed. So we ha- we were no longer in the pro- appropriate clothes. So we had to make a decision here, and this was this was difficult because our son was like, you know, in his in his pajamas in bed. We were in bed, and we're like, what is going on? Let's open the door and see what's going on first. Gather your belongings. So my husband started to gather things up. I put a robe on because I'm like panicking. What do we do? I have to tell you, and I'm this is not a laughing matter, but I will never forget this. <laughs> the sight of opening my stateroom door and seeing the teenagers next to us running frantically down the hall with their life jackets in hand. Like, I mean, we're talking high speed, Matt, they were out of there. So when I saw that we started to get things going a little bit more quickly, dress everybody. Let's, let's gather a few things. Like they tell you to do gather your medications, gather your, you know, valuables, whatever it is you need. And by the time we started making our way, the captain came on, and you could tell the captain was like, wait a minute, what just happened? Um, came on and said, it's OK, everyone. This was a false alarm. This was a misfire of the, the system. It's OK. We, But then he said something that I'll never forget as well. He said, let's hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> <I'm> thinking, <laughs> I Yes, let's hope it doesn't. Because the entire ship, I don't know what percentage of the ship is still awake at 11 42 p.m., but I'm thinking at least half of those passengers were probably in bed And so, yeah, it was it was really something to remember, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, I mean, I'm going to admit it was very at the very least concerning, not a little scary because I've never heard the emergency alarm outside of a drill. And it wasn't one time it was going off all the time for seven minutes straight. And you think after like one or two, oh, oops, right. You got to like, you know, plug it back in or whatever, but it was going off and the crew members were like, we were in the pub and they were just like, go to your muster stations. And, you know, it kind of gets real when you start, when you you have enough time for your brain to process what's happening and to think, am I really going to go in a lifeboat right now? You know? And yep. for me, we, number one, um, we were on the promenade. So you're not supposed to go back upstairs or use the elevator. You're supposed to go to your muster station. So like you at least were in your room, you had the opportunity to grab stuff. Like they tell you, you're supposed to grab, you know, uh, warm clothing and any medication, but. We can't because we're not in our room. We're not, you know, so that was kind of weird, but I felt much better when we got outside. I could see the ship was going full speed still and the fact that it was going full speed to me said, okay, if this was an emergency, first thing you're going to do is hit the brakes immediately. Right? Like the ship's going to just like, that's what you're going to do. So mm-hmm. that was number one. Yeah. Number two, there were at least like 17 other cruise ships around us because of the shutdown. So talk about good timing if you want to call it that i had no qualms in my mind that we'd have any issues getting quote-unquote rescued if it ever came to that because again i was making the joke that like it would be like the first ship would have been there would have been like vision of the seas like no nah, i don't really like the vision class i'm gonna hold that for an oasis class ship if that can get there like you would be that picky about which ship would rescue you <laughs> but um in all seriousness the you know it it, it, it it appeared more quickly that everything would be fine and by the time uh you know the the crew members arrived at the muster station um they they were trying to get a hold of the pa system you could tell they were like clicking and and trying to get it going i was like i think this will be fine and sure enough it was fine and and all's well that ends well as they say but
1: quite an experience
0: to to live through
1: i think that it was a good eye-opener um i ultimately um not many of us can say that we've had that experience where you actually report to a muster station where you actually hear the, the blasts outside of it. And I think that it was honestly an experience that i'm glad i can talk about because it was it was very educational it was also a reminder that things can happen it's also a reminder that the you know the staff is ready they know what to do they're trained and they do an emergency drill every single week for situations like this so yeah wow what a what a wild one <laughs> and the next day on perfect day at Cocoa key everybody looked a little extra sleepy a little <laughs> extra tired there weren't many people out early in the morning i think everybody was sleeping off the the uh the the fire drill
0: if you want. yeah no it was uh it was an experience to live through and i'm glad it's a good story to share now so anyway that was something we had to talk about since it kind of got brought up when we were talking about the e-muster but yeah we can say that's one other thing we've done so you got the e-muster let's talk about coco key though happier news coco key you got to go there twice this is not your first time there but you got to finally go there and do two days in a row how amazing is it to have that much time on the island
1: okay, spoiled for life. Completely spoiled. It was unbelievable, and it was one of the reasons why we booked this cruise. One of the reasons we love Royal Caribbean is Perfect Day. Our son loves it. We don't really do water parks on land, which is the funny thing, but this is just a very special place for our family, so it was really cool. The first day that we got to do Perfect Day was on Father's Day, which was a real treat because my husband's a kid at heart, and he had a blast on all of the water slides. Um, The weather was also a little icky, so even though we planned to do... A beach day, we ended up doing Thrill Water Park instead. It was probably a blessing, too, that our itinerary on this particular cruise got changed because they didn't want the two ships in Cozumel, right? Is that why that happened? That's right. Yep. I think that's right. So we had basically the first day and the last day of our cruise essentially was a perfect day. So you had time to rest in between hitting the water park hard if that's what you did. And it was just unbelievable to be able to walk on those slides with no lines. Um, My husband had said, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's not going to happen again. You know, when we're back there and there's two ships and the lines will be back. So it was a real treat. Um, One of those bonuses to being on one of the earlier cruises. and, And man, did we did we make the most of our thrill water park tickets? We were just running nonstop from slide to slide squeezing in a chicken sandwich and some mozzarella sticks mm. in between you know just fueling and then going back it was just so fun i even did daredevil's peak twice um this time i just kind of split up the the hike and i would stop in the middle and rest for a minute and then <laughs> take the rest of the stairs and it was just even better than i remembered it a real treat and the staff there on point um you felt so safe when you would enter every single water slide at perfect day Every single water slide, every single time you'd sanitize your hands. So you never really felt like those handrails were going to be a source of germs or anything like that. It was spotlessly, spotlessly clean and everything was open. We even did some shopping at the straw market. There was ample, ample staff in the food service areas. The food was just excellent. Um, I, I, I cannot say enough about it. It was just the perfect day and you've you've never heard that before i'm sure absolutely
0: no it was it was so nice and uh having two days there i i think we had it better because we had it split up because on the first sailing, we had two days in a row that's a lot i mean you you ran around that that water park and now imagine having to do that yeah something similar that level of activity the next day i mean it, it's a lot oh. so um it was so nice being back there and just like the ship it was pretty much like it was before and and that's what was really nice about it being able to kind of enjoy it all and my only regret I mean we we got a cabana um, while we were over there and it was definitely overkill because you didn't need it It was more just for for our kids it was nice having like a home base of operations we could drop off our stuff and um, that was convenient but I mean there was ample 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 seating there always was anyway but mm-hmm. my goodness I mean you really could have you know whole sections of the beach to yourself um, and it was just it was fun and we had great weather my goodness uh, especially on that last day at Cocoa Key, I mean, it was just beautiful weather um, I mean, it was hot, but you know, it wasn't rainy and it was, it was so relaxed. I loved it. Sherry. It was so nice being back there and being able to just enjoy, like it, it, it was really the icing on the cake. And I kind of joked you know, the after I went to Cocoa Key, I was like, that's, I don't have to, I don't care if we go anywhere else. This is, this is really where it's at for me.
1: My husband was asking me the other day, he's like, do you think Matt ever gets sick of perfect day? Because he's been so many times. And, and I was like, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think you probably get the feeling you don't have to do everything again. But I think it's probably just as magical every time you go.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Sometimes we just be like, yeah, we're just going to chill and we'll go to the pool and, you know, relax the oasis lagoon. Sometimes we do the water park. And My kids, my kids, we do the water park every day. And then yes, to your husband's question. Yes, I would get sick of that because <laughs> I don't want to go up <laughs> those stairs every single time. <laughs> but, and those
1: kids can move fast. Too. Holy they were, they moly. Were, oh, man, I saw him. I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, I think uh, next cruise, next time we go to the water park, Sherry, I'm going to pay to take your son with me and then he can take <laughs> my kids. He's older than my kids on the uh, on the on the water slides for me. Is that work?
1: Yes. Yes. Just, we'll just let him go. They can <laughs> They can supervise each other.
0: Awesome. I like it. I love it um what about the onboard stuff uh dining what you you mentioned you love the main dining room I know that that was a, a big hit for you as well um what are the changes did you notice uh, we talked about the windjammer dining but like what else did you notice on the ship that kind of stood out to you?
1: the only significant change in the dining room to us was a the staff was wearing masks which they were everywhere and that your dining experience was more contactless so they preferred for you to use the app to look at the menus but then on the last 3 nights they did give us disposable paper menus and i really appreciated that as much as i as much as i'm okay with the app we only took one Device with us to dinner. So we would have to pass it between the three of us. Yeah. And that was a little bit awkward. So I really appreciated when they brought out the paper menus. I, I know some people are probably completely fine with the QR codes, but I thought that was really nice. Other than that, Exactly the same. We dined in the main dining room every single night. We were in the deck four dining room at 8 p.m. And of course, we had the same staff because it was set dining time and everything was the same. The courses came out quickly. They were wonderfully prepared. Our staff remembered our preferences. They were just as congenial and um, conversational as they were before. It was just absolutely wonderful. In fact, it was so good that we just decided not to do any specialty dining at all. You know, we had kind of made a big investment in the drink package for this particular cruise and the water park. So we thought, you know, we don't need to do specialty dining. We can do it another time. And we're so glad that we did because it felt so traditional. And we, um, the way that the dining rooms are set up too, is there's just really not very many, there's really no bad tables in the house. Um, But we got real lucky and got one right by the windows and you just would watch that sunset. And uh, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was a great cruise and it was just so I I mean I think again the, if we should I guess if we wanted to make this podcast uh, about 37 seconds long, we would been like it's pretty much like it was before with a couple of changes. And that was essentially what totally. I feel like it was, right?
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, if you were to if you were to kind of r- specifically write down the changes, you could come up with things, but I think the important thing for people to know is that it feels the same the experience feels the same. And the other thing, I think you and I have probably been cautioning people for a year and a half. When cruising resumes, you're going to need to be patient. Everything is going to take longer, right? Yep. Like it, it didn't. Nothing took longer. <laughs> the only thing that took longer was what was going on at the airport. There was nothing at the cruise terminal, on the ship, or anything that took longer. Granted, lower capacity. But I, I like I said before, I think Royal Caribbean can scale. I think that it's going to continue to feel this way and that people are going to be very pleasantly surprised at what they experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sherry, thanks again for joining us here. Be sure to check out uh, Sherry's work over at cruisetipstv.com and also on our YouTube channel, which is full of awesomeness that I enjoy watching as much as anybody. I am her number one fan. So if you want to be like a number like two or 17 fan, there's plenty of room for you as well. But uh, <laughs> the number one spot is already taken up.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Matt. And it was just such a, an honor to meet you and your family. And this was just the cruise of a lifetime. And thanks for having me on to review the memories. Let's do it again soon. Awesome.
0: Well, it's been a little while since we've been able to answer some of your emails. We're back at it this week. If you want to send me your emails, you can send it to matt at com and I'll answer them right here on the podcast. Our first email this week comes to us from Tom. I'm at big fan. Thanks for the years of servicing the podcast listening community. My question is this. Though attending a timeshare presentation, I know, I know, I received a free three or four night cruise to the Bahamas or, or the Caribbean in an interior room. I can also choose to book a different cruise and receive a 529 credit dollar instead. I've only sold on Carnival and Disney, and I don't want to get the full Royal Caribbean experience from this cruise, but also get the most bang for the buck as well. Do you think it's wise to book the three or four night free cruise or use the 529 credit and book something better? Thanks again for everything and enjoy your soon cruises. Tom, thanks for the email. Oh my goodness. You, timeshare free Nothing's free. Ladies and gentlemen, don't ever book a timeshare tour at period. Don't ever book a timeshare tour to get a quote unquote free cruise period. That being said, I would limit your damage at this point. I just don't trust those things. They're notorious for add-on fees and this and that it's sketchy at best. So, uh, you got a free cruise. I would do whatever you can do to get your free cruise. With the least amount of money you're actually paying out. So um, whatever it takes to not pay another dime of either your money or time, do that. So it sounds like you want the three or four night cruise. Take that and run away and never look back and never do another one of those. (laughs) Thanks, Tom, for the email. Our next email comes to us from Alan. Who writes, hey, Matt, always enjoy your blog and podcast. Thanks for all the hard work. Wondering what your thoughts about a cruises making it not being canceled. I'm thinking it's better looking day by day with all the positive news of the cruise industry restart, praying that our family will actually be able to go this time on our cruise. The last two cruises we booked have been canceled, unfortunately. All the best. Alan, thanks for the email. And listen, man, we're probably never been in a better spot for cruises to actually go forward. I feel like the, like you just said, there's a lot of good things, positive news, and day by day, it's getting better. So right now, as they're recording this podcast, there's, I believe, 13 ships that have a restart plan for North America and Europe, and uh, those look pretty good. Outside of that, though, not sure, but let me tell you something. The trajectory that we're on right now looks excellent, Alan. So let's hope for the best. Obviously, I can't promise you anything more than has been announced by Royal Caribbean, but we're in so much of a better spot today than we were in three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, in which we were like, well, we're not sure. Maybe, maybe not. There are ships going out, that much is clear. And now it's a question of how quickly will other ships be able to join in in that. But there will be cruises to go on. That's the most important thing. And I think that at that, you know, whether or not it's the sailing you have booked exactly, not sure. But if you're looking for a cruise to go on, you're saying, Matt, I want to go on a sailing this year. Then I would book one of these summer restart cruises that we've got that are more or less what I would use the word confirmed to go. Uh, Obviously everything's subject to change. But I would lean towards those as opposed to cruises that you have booked maybe on other ships that have not had firm restart plans announced yet. Again, not saying you should cancel what you have, but maybe have a backup plan just in case. And our last email this week comes to us from Marcy writes, hi Matt. Today, I tried to use my future cruise credit to rebook a new cruise for 2023 and use it towards a down payment, but was told FC cannot go towards down payment. All right, I'm gonna slap you right there. That's wrong. Whoever told you that is incorrect. Missed and guided, I'm not sure, but you can absolutely positively use the future cruise credit towards down payment. Back to Marcy's question. With cruising still not a sure thing, why would we want to put down money for something I'm not sure will happen, and then I have two FCCs? This is quite unfair for Royal Caribbean, and when Princess Cruises are, are accepting cruise credits down payments, are others accepting this? Yeah, so I apologize, Marcy, for the poor information. You might have already figured this out by this point, but um, Royal Caribbean is accepting you be able to use your FCC, your future cruise credits, towards your down payment. So I'm not sure who told you that if it was Royal Caribbean, I would actually reach out to a good travel agent, let them help you there. Uh, or just simply inform whoever you booked with and say, Hey, by the way, you actually can do this. Don't say Matt said, so that really doesn't hold any water. Just say, please try again. (laughs) please relook at this because I'm telling you, you can absolutely do it. Um, I don't know. How to better phrase that? I mean, people sometimes say, "Well, you know, Matt said this on realgreenblog.com which obviously makes me feel better. But honestly, no one really is like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> you know, like it doesn't actually. That that's not enough information. But in a lot of cases, listen, there's a lot of policy changes that are out there. A lot of things happening. I get that. So you know, there's it's not completely out of the question that someone might not be totally up on the policy. But that is a change. Originally that person would have been correct. You could not use an FCC towards down payment, but with Royal Caribbean, you can absolutely do that Marcy. So wish granted. And thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. If you'd like to send me your email to be read on an episode, send it to matt at blog.com Matt, M-A-T-T at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.